Oh my darn episode was not this one. Welcome back to the Emissions Uncovered podcast with me, Dominic, and your other hosts, Nee and Michael. If you feel concerned about the mountain of college debt that Michael is about to have, check out the show notes for some of our recommended test prep guides, the same books that we used for our 99th percentile scores on both the SAT and the ACT. Buy them from Amazon using the links in the show notes at admissionsuncovered.com slash 249, and we will get a small referral credit. You already need to buy them, so you might as well help support your favorite college admissions podcast from one at it. This podcast, we're going to be talking about extracurricular activities and your extracurricular strategy. So first, let's talk about what extracurricular activities that we do, or in my case, that I did in high school. My big extracurricular activity, and I think uh, my spike for my college application, was the was debate. Uh, I did a lot of national debate, and in fact, I actually changed schools between ninth grade and uh, 10th grade to go to a school with a better debate program. So debate was a huge focal point in my application, and I know I brought it up in every interview. I know in every <coughs> supplement essay I could, I brought it up. So that was definitely one of the big extracurricular activities I did. Uh, I also did some volunteering things. Um, I was the first president of the City House Youth Advisory Board, which is a nonprofit in the Collin County, uh, Dallas suburban area that deals with youth homelessness. Uh, I was also the president of the National Honor Society, and we did a lot of tutoring and miscellaneous volunteering volunteering activities through that organization too. So I think those three are my, the real ones that the admissions officers looked at. Um, a lot of the other ones were just fluff. So probably my biggest extracurricular, as I've mentioned a lot, would be outside of school, would be Taekwondo, something I've been doing for about 13 years now. So for a long time, I did it everywhere I moved. So it's definitely a big part of my application. And I actually wrote my essay about it. Uh, within school, I'm president of our Youth for Global Improvement Club, which, which is basically like a volunteering environmentalist club. I'm also in the Pan American Student Forum, which is a more kind of culture club that we, um, there's a big convention in San Antonio, which is also cool. And I also do tutoring at Promise House, which is a homeless shelter for kids, um, preteens to teenagers, where we basically tutor them and um, help them in any courses they need. So those are some of the main extracurriculars that, that I'm in. And as the episode progresses, we'll probably talk more about um, other extracurriculars when we talk more about um, having leadership or starting your own club, which I also did. And I'll talk more about it later. And what about you, Dominic? What extracurriculars are you in? Um, so, you know, we talked about it a little bit before, but you know, I'm the, to- I'm the token Boy Scout. So that's where a lot of my time is spent, um, just like Michael's debate. That's where I do a lot of mine. Um, I kind of started early off just in the normal scouting stuff and then got into the honor society portion of scouting. And then that's where I spent a lot of the time. And I've kind of worked my way up to one of the top spots, and I'd say like the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I'm just going to keep working on that for the next year. And then hopefully um, win an election, and it'll be um, September early September, so in like three weeks. So I'm a little nervous for that, but Michael will help me write the speech. And, <laughs> uh, so that one would put me at like the, the top for that, and then they'd place me on like the board of directors, so that would be a pretty big deal for my application. So I'm excited for that. And then besides scouting, I do a lot of on-the-side business stuff. Um, I'm very interested in you know, business, business in general, so whenever I'm offered something like Emissions Uncovered, um, I kind of jump on that. Uh, but a lot of my business stuff on the side is just kind of on my own. So I do um, snow cones for 
like private parties. Um, you know, it's kind of whenever I feel like doing it, I'll go do it for a lot of scout events or like school parties. The most I've done is like an 800 person event and that got a little crazy, but it's generally like 300, 800 people. Um, and then besides that, I do a few things at school. Um, our, our school is interesting with extracurriculars and clubs because we don't have that many kids. So we have a lot of clubs, but a lot of them aren't very active. So I do a couple things there, but I'm not heavily involved. And then besides that, I do a shirt thing on the side and then I'll be tutoring for Michael soon. So that'd be cool. Uh, we should talk about that offline. There is a complication. Okay. Oh, gosh. Complication. <laughs> Save it for gosh. later. Kill me. Slight complication. So for the... Fr- I'll do it. So for the freshmen in the audience and for some of the older students who haven't yet found their extracurricular activity, uh, what advice do we have for them to help them find an extracurricular that they like and that'll also help them for college admissions? Well, I know in our school, uh, we have kind of a week-long, I guess, freshman orientation where they get to meet the teachers, meet their classmates. And during this thing, they had a club mixer where basically representatives of each club comes and kind of tells all the freshmen about what their club does, what's the purpose, the meeting times, just to kind of let the freshmen um, see the variety of clubs that are offered. And if your school doesn't do this, I'm sure there are places where they post clubs, or I know within the first few weeks, there are always interest meetings. And like, you know, like the clubs are always trying to get members. So they'll surely post posters of the interest meetings all around school if you go to the office or if you just talk to upperclassmen who are probably who probably have leadership positions within their clubs they will tell you about the clubs but the main thing is that you got to be active and willing to seek out these clubs and just do what you're interested in find maybe you're um more academic and you want to do an academic club or if you want to something less stressful you could do i don't know anime club or something If you go to a bigger school, sometimes they're not going to have this type of club night just because there's just like too many people. So that was my experience when I went to Lowry Freshman Center in Allen ISD. And so the way I got into debate at that point was just because I knew I wanted to do debate from middle school, but also because you could not miss debate. They they were really good at putting themselves out there in terms of getting themselves on morning announcements and putting posters everywhere. Yep, I would agree. But just in general, everybody is going to have something that they'll find interesting, you know, whether it's art or scouting or debate. Uh, You just need to kind of think about that, especially if you're younger in high school because you have time to think about it. But just figure out what you like and then definitely dive in depth into that one thing. Um, Don't let it take over everything else and kind of diversify um, so as all three of us talked about, we have, you know, one kind of main thing that we do, and then we have a couple other things that we do to help bring us together um, and make us well-rounded. But I, I would say just find that one thing that you really like and then dive deep into that. So when you're hitting the college application stage, you'll have something that will stick. I think Dominic is right that in general, you need that in general, later on, you need to be honing on one or two extracurriculars. You need to be you know, shedding the ones that you don't like and focusing on the ones that you do like. But I think freshman year, when you're just getting into high school, that's your year to try as many things as possible because as a freshman, you're probably not going to be able to take leadership positions. Your time commitment in each extracurricular activity won't be as much usually and in most circumstances. So that's your year that you have more time to try new things. Yeah, like when I was a freshman, I remember I joined... Back in the day. Back in the day. 
I joined quite a few clubs just to see because they all seemed interesting and I just wanted to see which one worked best for me. And then when you go to sophomore year, then you usually stick to around three or four. So it lessens and lessens until you find one that you really like. But you got to make sure you give yourself the opportunity at the beginning by going to a lot of interest meetings, um, maybe going out of your comfort zone a little because you never know you might find a club that you're really passionate about and you won't find it if you just I guess stay in your own little bubble yeah a lot of it is about just being proactive you're a human being I'm sure you have interests that are non-academic or sometimes that are even academic and so just find an extracurricular activity that meets your interests like if you like video games for example there's a video game club and it's definitely not the most academic extracurricular activity but it's certainly better than doing nothing or playing video games at home alone in the basement so find something because something's out there now what happens if you have an interest but there's no club for it at school what do you do yep so at least at my school um, one thing that you can do is just talk to the principal um they're you know, usually very easygoing about creating new clubs. They just want to support the students. So just go ask them what you need to do. Usually there will be an application that you just fill out, some basic information. You generally need a teacher sponsor, so make sure you have a teacher that is willing to sponsor it. Um, probably one that aligns with either a class they teach or just their interests. Um, so one of our teachers does the video game club, even though he's, you know, a psychology teacher. So I guess he's you know, loosely related to that, but it kind of started because one kid's thesis project was about video games. So that's how that started. Um, but, you know, just make sure you talk to a teacher um, and then get connected with your principal. And then from there, um, I would say get a core group of people to help start it off because generally you'll need a couple of members to make it. Yeah. So what Dominic said, I actually did that um, junior year. Oh, you did? We wanted, to, yeah. So me and my friend wanted to start a kind of culture club thing because with our school being so diverse we felt that there wasn't really a club where everyone could specifically learn about cultures so we approached the principal and a teacher to be our sponsor and we actually got it started this year so it's a culture club where we just meet during lunch and every two weeks uh, a new person presents about the country that they were either born in or came from where their parents came from and they actually bring food they bring maybe some souvenirs like a pen from their country and just basically everyone just sits there, hears about the presentation, they get to learn something new while also having good food. So we actually had a pretty good turnout um, this year. Oh, so it was like a real club, right? Yeah. You actually did stuff. So mm -hmm. that's the th point I'm going to make. My impression is that like a lot of student-made clubs are just complete nonsense. Uh, and this is just because that most like traditional clubs like debate have a formal structure. You go to debate tournaments because debate tournaments are a pre-existing thing. There is a long institutional memory, institutional legacy in running them. Uh, but with a student-made club, it's just kind of made up on the fly. So I know like a lot of nonsense student-made clubs. There is like a student-made club about philosophy, apparently that doesn't meet, but they, the people who uh, run it hyped it up on their college application. So like I'm, I was, you know, originally wary with a lot of these, but clearly like if you put in the effort, it can be a real thing and can be a real asset versus you just like starting a club 
for the sake of starting a club. Yeah, we advise not to try to uh, do resume padding because colleges can see right through it. If you're not actually passionate about it, they can just tell like, oh, they just wanted this random thing and they thought it would look good, so they just started a club. So don't try to do that. Also, having that extra club on there is not going to mean anything for your application. So it'll look balanced in your applications. You'll look more well-rounded to have a couple things in there. So, you know, like Michael was talking about um, debate, and he also has volunteering and then, uh, you know, NHS and then a couple other things. But if you're going down the list of like 10 things, um, there's a great um, article on Prep Scholar where they kind of talk about the importance of, you know, different honors and extracurriculars and how they're weighted in the college application, but generally your main spike is going to be like 90% of that extracurricular part, and then the other things will make up the other 10% that make you all rounded. Um, so it's not good to have just one activity that you do, but it's also not going to aid you to just throw down, you know, your chess club that you meet one hour a week. So for example, I'm in my school's chess club um, that my you know, friend started, and you know, I was going since day one, and i play casually there one hour a week, but I'm not going to put that on the application because that's just taking up a spot and it's not going to show anything to the admissions officer because it's not like I you know, wanted to start the club or anything. I just go to play. So it's good to do that to help diversify extracurriculars and to make high school enjoyable. But as far as the college application, that's not what you should be doing it for. And so I think we mentioned this on last week's podcast, but just to reiterate for people who didn't listen to it, wasted space on the college application and you just filling it with more waste doesn't doesn't equal out. Like it's better to have an empty space than you just putting crap into it because then you're turning a blank space, which will have no impact on your application into a negative. Yeah. Right. So can I, let me ask you, uh, how do you think that blank space is interpreted by an admissions officer? So let's say you have like, I would say if you fill in three, then you have a problem. But let's say you have like eight or nine filled in with some very involved extracurriculars um, for a student. And, you know, they have a big drop off, you know, let's say they have the chess club and they just don't want to list that. Um, do you recommend just leaving that blank? Or, or, you know, let's just say they don't have anything at all. How do you think that blank space is interpreted? Do you think it's interpreted as them not doing anything else or them just being content with what they've listed and that's what they're involved in. so i did all 10 spaces and i had tops four ones that were four f- basically four ones that were real ones that i would be comfortable talking about in a non high school college application related setting and so all the other ones were a bunch of fluff i think <laughs> that i don't know like i don't know if that you know destroyed my application or whatever, but I think it would have been more compelling if I just left the fluff off. And so in the instance of the person who has eight or nine real extracurricular activities, I would tell that person to for sure put everything that's real. Because if it's real, you should stick it on. If you had real involvement, real passion for it, stick it on. But if you that one extra space, loading it with some BS hurts the impact of all those other things. It's like, for example... If, like, Martin Luther King gave his, like, amazing I Have a Dream speech and everybody's on their feet and everybody was ready to support civil rights. And then at the very end of it, he said, by the way, I also really like cheese pizza and left the stage. It's, he said some great words before, I like cheese pizza, but I like cheese pizza just, like, destroys the effect of all of it. Because everyone's just like, what? What relevance does that have? So, 
I am comparing I have a cheese pizza at the end of Martin Luther King's speech to you adding on a random extracurricular activity because it's some extra non-relevant fluff that just draws attention away from the big stuff. You know, those nine extracurriculars or those three extracurriculars that you actually invested time in, those are the things you want admissions officers thinking about. You don't want them thinking about chess club once a week. But be careful. What we're uh, we're not saying that you should leave off extracurriculars that you think are not important. Like it may they may seem not important to you. Like once hey, again, the quinceanera business. Yes. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is gonna be like an every episode thing now. Right. We need we need a counter on the website. I'm just saying, Michael. <laughs> yeah. So we're not trying to dissuade you against putting extracurriculars that might not be the traditional extracurriculars as we would say um but just don't put stuff that you obviously know you weren't really involved in and you're just putting it there to fill space it's a judgment call and i i feel like if you actually really think about it then you're gonna be able to make the right decision you you know what when you see it you know when it's a real extracurricular and you know when it's not i think like real extracurriculars are the ones that you feel comfortable bragging about like if someone asked you what are the three best things that you've done in your life you're not gonna put the one hour you spent in chess club (laughs) and like I'm like digging on chess, chess club, club, but like yeah, for chess club, we love chess club. <laughs> wow, well, I mean, like in my experience, that's where all the slackers went. <laughs> <laughs> but no offense to real chess players here. Keep listening to the podcast. Next, we're going to talk about how either as a younger student you can help expand your extracurricular activity, or as a student applying to college, you can help bring out the uh, most important parts of an extracurricular activity that you participated in. So first off, um, leadership roles within clubs. Or, you know, any activity that you do outside of school, um, either as a you know, after school activity at the school or outside of school itself. Um, leadership roles are very important. They show that you've taken the initiative to do something with the club. Um, you know, being a member and being either president or, you know, vice president, or secretary, or any of those positions of anything shows that you're involved in the activity, you're taking initiative, you're helping to run it, you're bringing the program to other people. And it, you know, it is such a big difference um, between being just a member and having one of those roles that it's very important to show that off in your application. And so I think the key there was that, you know, the leadership position is not necessarily the title. Um, the title definitely helps. If you can get the title, get the title. But the key thing is that you've actually done some with the leadership role or you've done something um, in your time as a member of that organization. And for more academic clubs, usually like there's president and vice president, but also a big part of these more academically focused clubs are the competitions that you go to, the tournament that you participate in. So if you're really into the club and you think you're really strong in whatever subject that you're participating in and you have won awards at the regional level, the state level, been to even um, international competitions. That's something that you should um, really make sure that you include in it because it shows your commitment and also helps show your academic side. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. So as this is a college admissions podcast, we'd finally like to talk about how all these extracurricular activities that you're going to start, that you're going to find leadership positions, that you're going to do something with, how they fit on your college application. So uh, Dominic and me, because you're thinking through that right now, how are you evaluating and weighting your different extracurricular activities? I feel like I would give most uh, weight and try to really bring out in my application the extracurriculars that I have been committed to the most. So like I've mentioned probably a hundred times taekwondo or maybe clubs that 
I have a leadership position in because those are really ways that you show that you're committed. And that's really what colleges are looking for, to see someone that's passionate, committed, willing to work hard and participate and pursue something that they really like. And it's something that colleges really want to see within their students because it shows that you're um, active, you're constantly seeking ways to pursue your passion, which is very important in college because of course there are a bunch of extracurriculars in college and they really want students that will be active, engaged with the community. So I think you should highlight those extracurriculars. And I think the top level piece of advice that I always give for every part of the application is to think about your overall narrative and the one sentence that you want your admissions officer to be thinking after they read your application when they present you to the committee. And think about which extracurriculars support that narrative and how you can make the extracurriculars that don't seem as relevant, how you can make those relevant. So always be thinking about how it fits with your overall application, not just your individual activity and how that looks. Now we want to talk about some specific extracurriculars or types of extracurriculars that you can, you know, focus on in high school and use that in your college application to either use as your spike or just to help diversify uh, your appearance to the admissions officer. So one that I want to talk about because we don't generally discuss this on the podcast because of our school is sports. And I say because of our school, uh, because, you know, Michael, me and I, so me and I go to the same school, but then Michael went to a different one but we're in the same building. Um, it's very weird uh, to most people. So there's six schools in that building. Uh, but since it's a magnet school, the rules in Dallas ISD is that they can't have sports teams themselves at the schools. So you would have to play at your home school. And because DFW is so big and land size and traffic sucks, um, travel time just gets extremely difficult to play. So in the past, I've tried to play lacrosse at my home school. Um, and I've been able to make a couple of varsity practices and try to join the team, but it just was not working out for time management. Um, not only travel time because I was missing way too much of the early practice time, but also um, just trying to balance my other extracurriculars. And you sometimes have to weigh which ones are more important and you have to decide. Um, you know, that's something all three of us probably knew that we were giving up going into um, that school, but it's just something we had to choose for the school that we go to or in Michael's case, went to. But sports can definitely be big, especially at the top tier institutions. Uh, they need, or, you know, I always say they're Division One schools. And if you look at the stats out there, they love recruiting athletes because they're trying to compete in Division One, but they're so much smaller than the other D1 schools and they're still trying to be competitive. So a larger portion of their student body are going to be uh, athletes in those sports. And a lot of these schools have like 30 or 40 D1 uh, sports, uh, which is insane. So especially if you're competing in, you know, I would say non-traditional sports. So, you know, they probably don't need basketball players as bad as lacrosse players. But, you know, any sport is good, especially if you have a leadership role on it or if you played it for multiple years. So either team captain or you started freshman or sophomore year and you worked your way up to varsity. Uh, that's definitely good and will help you out immensely in your application. Michael, what do you think about sports on the application? I'm glad you said on the application because it was it was just, what do you think about sports? The answer would not have been pretty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Michael loves sports. Yeah, I love the sports ball. Scoring hoops and touchdowns <laughs> oh, in the end zone, bros. Anyways. I promise I'll fix him sometime. <laughs> People have tried. People have tried. Um, okay, so here's where I'm at. I think it could help. 
but, and maybe this is just me not liking sports and being a very unathletic person, I don't think it's going to kill you if you don't do it. And I think there are better investments of your time, particularly if you're just a mediocre athlete. I also think that you being an amazing athlete will take so much time and involve putting you in what I think is probably a bad culture for being an academic person. Like, let's be honest. Like, some of the stereotypes about you being a jock are true. Like, there are very smart people who are great athletes. I knew some of them back in Allen. But in general, there was a culture, at least in Allen, at least my experience in that culture, that was very bro. That was very broy. That was very, you know, <laughs> not uh, broy. Like very not this podcast, let's say. And uh, every time there's news of like a college athlete who's really good but sucks at school because the coach makes a call and says we really need this kid for the next game, given a give him a C or else I'll call the dean and you'll be fired to a professor. Like all these stories obviously undermine my respect for. <laughs> sports in academics so i think it's just my pre-existing biases if you like sports you do sports if you're listening to this podcast and you do sports i have nothing against that just i think think reflectively about the time trade-offs and also think about how you can package that into a strong college application more than just i'm really good at sports but i know dominic you actually have some empirics and statistics on this uh, about how top schools in fact harvard i think looks at athletics yeah um during that whole you know harvard asian lawsuit fiasco that was happening oh, what was it a couple weeks back or a month back um it's still you know going on but it's kind of died down um in those stats that they released, um, they kind of talked about how they decide uh, which students to take in. And like I said, you know, they're a Division One school and they need athletes. So there's certain stats, and I'll try to link them if I can find them. But if they get the certain marks of like a one or two out of six, which are like the best two marks um, that most of the Harvard applications, uh, Harvard applicants get on the academic ones, if they're an athlete, I think they have like a three times more likely acceptance rate it's still like an 18 percent versus six percent so it's not amazing but it is something to look at uh, don't run out to try to join the sport if you don't already play one um, <laughs> yeah. one other thing i want to add about sports uh, you know well before i do that um you know it's not something you have to have on your application but it is something that will help you just like any other activity so you know comparable to michael's debate and especially if he wanted you know michael's a good example of a person who would play a sport in high school but did not want to pursue it in college. So Michael, from what I understand, does not want to do debate in college. Yeah. So there's really two different types of you know team-slash-competition-based um, things related to school. So the ones that just do it in high school and like it but might want to do it you know passively in college but not competitively, and then the ones that are actually interested in it competitively. So if you're just doing it passively, it'll help you out, but the ones that will really help you out is if you're doing it competitively for college and for that, I would say reach out to the coach. Uh, Michael would say this for debate as well. For sure. To kind of, you know, start talking to coaches. But it's the same with sports and any other, like, you know, if you're doing decathlon or something, um, you know, just reach out to the coaches for that sport or activity and help them get on your side. Uh, I know of countless stories of people that reach out to coaches and then they either go join a couple practices or go meet up with the team and then they you know, enjoy the atmosphere, they end up applying, and then the coach puts in a word for them, and then they get in. So, you know, if the coach likes you, you're, you're going to have a better chance of getting in, and that's one way to help increase your application chances through sports, 
or any other activity. So next we want to talk about another kind of specific extracurricular, but is also very broad, which is volunteering. So it can be any form of tutoring, as um, I said I've done, volunteering out of uh, your local food bank, or maybe just something on the weekend, volunteering at uh, what is it, with pets, or cleaning up, like lakeshore cleanups. So there are a lot of volunteering activities that you can do, but in my experience, I've found they're actually much harder to find than people say. They're just like, oh, there's a bunch of stuff. People always need help. Just go out and find it. But I've actually found it to be very difficult. So in my experience, if you have something specific that you want to volunteer for, like in my case, I wanted to do something with tutoring with kids, you should actually go online to specific websites, to specific organizations, and actually email them with your idea, saying that you, you're really passionate about this, you want to volunteer. And I feel there's uh, you would have much more success this way than just going on randomly on like volunteernow.org or those random volunteer sites that you search when you look up volunteering activities for high school students. But um, volunteering is, I think, an extracurricular that's uh, really important. I mean... I know for us to graduate, we need 50, 50 volunteering hours, I think. But yeah. um, a lot of people go beyond that. Like, I know Dominic, he even got the uh, Presidential Volunteering oh. Award. And how yeah. many hours was that? Um, so I think it's like 100. Uh, but for me, just through like the scouting stuff I did, I ended up turning in like 463 or something for that year. Um, and I just, you know, keep that as a running total. Um, I just do a lot of volunteer stuff. Outside of school, I don't do it for like the purpose of you know getting the volunteer hours, mm-hmm. but just through scouting, a lot of that stuff adds up, and you're just you know running events for the sake of the extracurricular. Um, so you know, just be mindful of that. It's another honor to put down on the application. So look out for things that you've already done. For example, um, I, I had already done the service hours, and then all I had to do was fill out the application, and that's all all I had to do. Also. The really good thing about volunteering is that since it's so broad, you can find what you're interested in. Like I said, um, I was interested in working with children. If you're interested in volunteering at a hospital or maybe you're a more outdoorsy person, I know like at the Arboretum, Lake Shore, if you want to do something like with more politics, I know Michael's volunteering on a campaign, I think. Right, Michael? Yeah, um, this summer I am interning with Battleground Texas, who does uh, voter, which does voter turnout here in the state of Texas uh, in underrepresented communities, minority areas to help get out new voters to hopefully turn Texas blue, as Dominic definitely does not like. (laughs) Stay tuned for the Red versus Blue podcast. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's going to be a lit one. Anyways, yeah, volunteering is something that I think you should really be looking into because, first and foremost, you're um able to give your time out and help someone so you should out of the goodness of your heart want to volunteer and it's also really fun and it will definitely benefit you really expose you to different aspects and maybe you'll find something that you want to pursue in the future so volunteering and sports and debate and those types of things are definitely very i think traditional extracurricular activities i think that a lot of people do them but there are definitely a lot of non-traditional extracurriculars or kind of different ones. And so, you know, quinceanera business gets a shout out here. That's definitely an example. Um, That's two and so the ones that we named so far are a lot of extracurriculars that are in school, just not coursework related. 
you know, you practice for debate at school, you practice for sports on the sports field, which is near your school, I think, maybe, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so these are extracurriculars that are not in school at all. Um, so starting off, you know, you have your community involvement ones. We already talked about volunteering. There's a lot of volunteering opportunities outside of school. And they look fantastic on college applications, and it's just a good extracurricular, extracurricular activity for you to do. Um, you also have running your own business, like we talked about. So, you know, I have a couple that I run. Michael has a couple. Um, I'm sure does some stuff on the side. That sounds sketchy. <laughs> and then, of course, you can't forget, you can always podcast, like this Admissions Uncovered podcast, or you can blog, even have your own YouTube channel. I've actually noticed that on the um, the Common app, they give you a part where if you would like to link any of your social media presence or like website pres- um, presence on there. So like YouTubers, but make sure that you're putting stuff that you want colleges to see and not randomly put your Instagram posts where, I don't know, you're always partying or something. But that's also um, something you could do because I know a lot of, there are a lot of YouTubers out there and they actually make a heck of a lot of money. Uh, Side note. But yeah, so just anything that you wouldn't think of that would take place in a traditional school setting. Honestly, there are so many extracurriculars that we could go on and on and on and try to list all of them. So just make sure that you keep your eyes open and honestly just do what you like to do because it will benefit you a lot in the future. So finally, now that we've given some advice about extracurricular activities and given you some examples of really cool extracurricular activities, uh, we wanted to take some time at the end to reflect and do a little audio vlog, an audio diary of our lives. So here are the two questions that we will all answer. Um, What extracurriculars that we wish we could have done in high school? And if we have any regret about quitting some extracurricular activities because of, you know, pressure from school or just not having enough time in general. So I'll go first. Um, I've mentioned this in other podcasts, but one extracurricular activity that I definitely wished uh, I had done is doing more political activism or political volunteering um, in high school. And the reason why I say that is, especially like now, retrospectively, the past year and probably two years have been a huge hotbed of youth activism. You know, like the gun control stuff after Parkland, the um, you know the Hillary campaign in 2016, the Bernie campaign in the primaries. There was a lot of stuff that was going on that I could have done. Um, but the reason why I didn't do them was because I wanted to focus on debate. And that's why I am kind of transitioning away from debate in high, uh, in college and hopefully getting more into the political stuff. Hopefully. Uh, you guys can keep me accountable to that promise. <laughs> uh, and so the second question, regret about quitting extracurricular activities. Um, this one's a little bit harder because I don't really have any regrets um, about extracurriculars, at least. Um, I quit orchestra midway through senior year because I didn't really like it. My school's orchestra was kind of not, not, not great. <laughs> yeah. It's all they do is complain. Let me tell you. Yeah. And look, a former orchestra, a former orchestra member is complaining. So, you know, it fits the bill. Well, um, but yeah, not really any regret for quitting extracurriculars. I did quite a few of them. In fact, I probably should have quit more. So there you go. Well, in my case, I don't know. I probably will regret saying this later, but I wish I would have done maybe some sort of UIL or more academically focused extracurricular because I feel like going in freshman year, I tried too hard to find stuff that was less 
academically rigorous, so I kind of stayed away from those clubs, like math club or where I had to compete and all that. And looking back, maybe I would have wanted to be in one of those clubs, like maybe science club or something, even though it's not great. But maybe a club that would have let me participate in more academic uh, competitions. Because I know in eighth grade, we were, me and Dominic were both on the math team. And we actually did, we did very well in regionals. She read my mind. <laughs> and we even got to the state. So I wish I could have done something like that um, during high school. And for uh, any clubs I regret quitting. So I didn't exactly quit um, DI, which is Destination Imagination. But we were kind of, we were kind of on a whole junior year because everything was so hectic. We all lived pretty far, like South, someone lived in South Dallas, North Dallas, and it was really hard to get everyone together. So we did it sophomore year, didn't do it junior year, but we're thinking about doing it um, senior year. So I wish maybe now thinking back, we probably could have done it this year, but just like in the heat of the moment, we were too stressed. So it's something I kind of regret not doing this year. Yep. Um, For me, I know that, I mean, all of us, probably wanted to do more stuff during high school, but from actually trying to add, um, you know, a varsity lacrosse practice schedule and game schedule into my busy life, um, I learned that from the activities I was already doing, I was pretty well booked and I kind of had to make decisions on what I wanted to do. Um, I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing now. Um, I think a couple of on the side stuff I could have dropped, but I'm, I don't think that would have given me enough time to add another big activity, but I'm really happy with all the scouting stuff I've done. Um, and then a couple of, uh, the business things I've done on the side as well. Uh, one thing, uh, one extracurricular I wish I would have done, uh, and you already talked about it in Texas, there's this thing called the Texas math and science coaches association, and it's basically just math and science tests. Um, it starts in fifth grade and it's really big up in, up through middle school, but it does continue into high school. Um, I was really big into it starting in fifth grade and then continued in high school. I mean, um, in the middle school, <clears throat> I got up to fourth in the state for the calculator test. So I used to be pretty good at it. Um, and that was sixth grade. After sixth grade, our teach one of our teachers retired because he did 40 years. So And then that, that was after a military pension too. So he was pretty done. But he was a great coach with that and a good math teacher and then the other one took a year off or he, he you know re- technically retired from math team but he came back later um eighth grade to coach <laughs> us but in seventh grade we had this new teacher and i was basically teaching the class oh here we go nothing nothing burns a kid out in seventh grade like having to teach class so i was <laughs> completely burnt out um and all the drive I had coming off of sixth grade was just killed that year. And then eighth grade, I you know just kind of relaxed and did my thing. Still placed at the state, did my thing, got my trip, uh, grabbed my medal. But um, I think I could have done better. But I wanted to continue in high school. I think if that club was established at our high school at the time, yeah. I would have joined and done it. But it, you know, I was just done with it. Um, I was still kind of salty after having to you know teach the class because I probably could have worked my way up to a better placing statewide but I think I would have you know competed in that in high school if there was already something there but I think it would have been interesting to see what would have came of it if I you know helped to start that club um, I know they're trying to start it for this next year and I'll help out train the younger people but as a senior I'm that's you know, pretty yeah, much over yeah. for me. But I think as a, a freshman, it would have been interesting to get started back in that because it's a very similar test. Um, yeah, and it's should've. all the same stuff. 
So that would have been very interesting. Well, and I think that would have been a really good thing to have on my college app. Yeah. Because I, I think I could have worked up to a high place state-wise. Um, and then regrets for quitting some extracurricular activities because of school. I already talked about it. I used to play like five sports in middle school. So that was a big aspect of my life. And then coming into high school, I just quit all of I them. couldn't do them. Yeah. I mean, I still like do them recreationally. Yeah. Um, and then I'll do varsity practices for lacrosse. So, you know, emissions officers out there, if you need a right wing attack man, <laughs> I got you. Oh, um, gosh. I will let them in your school, admissions officers. Hone, I will hone my skills this senior year, do some practices with the varsity teams. But uh, yeah, I think. I don't know. There was no, there's just no way I would be able to do it. I think it's really stupid that they don't allow sports to be at magnet schools uh, because, you know, sports are just a good aspect of high school. And we have a gym and locker rooms. I don't get why we can't just play, but. Yeah, you know, UIL rules are really confusing yeah, it's, and it's complicated really, and really sad. Uh, but basically, there's just no way that I can play a competitive sport and, you know, uh, fulfill my obligations to the team in a way that I'm happy with um, and, you know, still be able to do the other things I do that are most important to me. So I think that's something that I don't really regret, but I'm kind of sad that I didn't have the option to kind of pursue it. Yeah. So, yeah. The last thing I'll say before we go is that I think there is, and this is going to make me sound like really hippy-dippy, so like bear with me. <laughs> Um, but I think there's a difference between regret and you being paralyzed by that regret and you doing some really smart reflection on what happened. So if you are a sophomore or junior right now and you regret that freshman, sophomore year or whatever that you slacked off and your grades are crappy, you're a junior now and you're like, oh my God, college admissions is coming. What am I going to do? This is a disaster. Yes. There's two we routes. That so often. We do. And, and, and like one way to do it is like just complain for the rest of junior and senior year and just like, oh, it's over. Messed up first two years, so I'm not even going to try now. And that's the bad type of regret. I think the good type of regret is like, hey, I could have done this a little bit better. Um, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's not. But I should have done that. Um, let's take that as a lesson. Let's see what we can do in the future. So, you know, you know for me. Maybe it's thinking more strategically about what I do instead of just saying yes to everything. And, you know, for Dominic, maybe it's um, doing the same thing. And for me, maybe it's seeing if there are activities that are, you know, stereotypical or whatever that she just, like, likes to do, even if they're stereotypical. And so, like, those are just things that you learn from reflecting. You don't need to be paralyzed by that reflection. You can use that reflection for the future, too. So, end of my hippy-dippy corner there. 